from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Yes, indeed, in this big, wide, beautiful world. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're doing well. And this is episode number 181. Hypocrisy and double standards. The U.S. is going to tell China what? In ancient times, the time of Rome, they, uh, the Roman government, they had a term that they used. And this was for the various tribes that they had been doing uh, battle with forever. And there were the Goths and the Visigoths and the Germanic tribes and various other tribes. And um, for a while it worked. And um, so if um, back then, if you thoroughly got your your ass trumped by Rome, uh, you could uh, lay your weapons down and say, okay, that's it, we give. <laughs> and um, the main thing was, the term was to be a friend of Rome. That's what the Romans used. Do you wish to be a friend of Rome? And <clears throat> the term had several built-in meanings, and to be a friend of Rome was that you were basically promising to be good, and, you know, don't cross Rome, and don't revolt against Rome, and you're not going to join a revolt against Rome. You're just going to be, you know, governed by Rome, and we'll basically uh, live and let live. Of course, we're going to collect our taxes. And, um, yeah, lay down your arms and give up all this rebellion nonsense and be a friend of Rome. And what, uh, for many years, what many of these tribes and such learned from um, the massive uh, killings that uh, Rome dealt out at its peak... Um, was that it was a good idea to be a friend of Rome. <laughs> yeah, because they were top dog. And militarily speaking, that is in the position that America finds itself in today and has been for quite a few years. Militarily, we are top dog. Now, I started... With this title, I uh, mentioned China, and I promise I'm going to get to it. But um, I thought that we needed to talk about a couple of things first. And I wanted to bring up that, uh, that little example because in modern times, in current times, it is the same phrase 
of just change the word Rome to America. And who wants to be a friend of America? So, we had that huge ass-whooping that we did in the Second World War. And make no mistake, I don't believe that there's very many Americans that would disagree, and non-Americans for that matter, that we did some serious ass-whooping. As a matter of fact, it was the, the admiral of the Japanese Navy who followed the orders, basically, of the emperor with the so-called sneak attack at Pearl Harbor. And he, he was not into it. In other words, basically, he told Hirohito, it's like this, you're the boss if you want me to do it, I'll do it. I just think, at least right now, it's a really bad idea. Um, and quote he, quoting him imprecisely, he basically said something to the effect that, um, yeah, we, if we're going to do this and we hit him with what we have and we hit him now, um, but America's a sleeping giant, and once we do this, then the giant will awaken. And once the giant has awoken, um, there's going to be hell to pay. And as you know, as things went in that war, there was massive hell to pay. He predicted that correctly. It also didn't help that uh, despite all of the destruction and the sinking of ships and the the carnage that was uh devastating to pearl harbor um most of the ships that were there were you know old second string stuff most of them all of the the more modern the good stuff they were out on maneuvers they were not there so, in that sense, um, for the Japanese, it could not have been worse because the carriers were not there and you know, all the important stuff was not there. Mostly all the important stuff was gone. So, uh, it's the equivalent of saying, well, they had their 15 minutes of fame and then after that happened and then after they got the... Uh, the the final straw, the backbreaking of the Japanese Navy certainly was at Midway. And so that's what he meant, because unlike some current leaders in the world, um, you know, this guy, this uh, naval, naval uh, Japanese naval admiral, he had he'd been educated in the U.S. He knew the U.S., and he knew if riled at that time, um, they would they had ungodly amount of resources, and it was only a matter of time before the sleeping giant would awaken. And boy, did they awaken! And of course, in that respect, the rest is history. 
so if there's anything to be learned from that is, um, yeah, don't let your mouth write a check that your ass can't cash. That was something told to me many years ago. And so uh, America goes in that sense, militarily and economically, even the 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 imp the limping giant goes on. It keeps going. And when you couple that with all of our international lapdogs, because um, I don't know how old you are out there, but I'm old enough. And um, I saw the writing on the wall, um, especially it was the turning point was definitely in the 80s, but it was probably even before that, that this, this coalition, this thing happened all because of uh, the Second World War, and lines were drawn, and there was a, there were so many things that were done to reshape and rework the world in the U.S. image, and it hasn't changed. Now, some of you may think, yes, and thank God for that. Well, to a certain extent, you could argue that point. You could. Um... But on the other hand, you could also argue the point that this leads to the tyranny of the group. And make no mistake about it, it is the tyranny of the big club. And in this case, I'm talking about militarily the big club that we have, you know, France, we have Germany. And we have, you know, Britain, of course, and of course, Australia, if need be. But, um, yeah, we got the, we have the big guns, we have the big guns, and we have our buddies. Now, just between you and I, they don't like to be called these buddies. They, they don't like to be called what they actually are which are lapdogs. <laughs> because the one thing that all of these countries have in common, this quote-unquote coalition, as that's this really got kicked off and started under uh, Bush number one, with that way, that way that he had been talking. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, we have a coalition coalition of friends again <laughs> yeah friends of rome because the irony is that um they they managed to hold face and save face by kissing the u.s ass and to a certain extent again if you're one of the oligarchs or the plutocrats in the u.s government and certain people Again, this is all great for you. Not so much so great for the average citizen. Because you're not part of this. The only thing 
part of this you're supposed to do are send your when they need them as basically what are effectively um, mercenaries when they come of age that they register and uh, if they need them they'll take your kids from you as they need them when they see fit and how they see fit and just shut the hell up and that's what they're going to do so you make the soldiers and then they will take them from you and whatever happens happens and you can stand by the side of the road waving your flag but anyway <clears throat> i digress which is often but please bear with me <laughs> so when you have that kind of economic might just yourself and military might and then on top of that you have your buddies and they have their own military and economic might you pretty much call the shots on the world because despite all the hate haranguing and all the fear mongering that they keep putting deliberately about you know it's the two huge the evil again the e axis of evil here we go with this shit again they're part of the axis of evil <laughs> this is this is this is some of the most simplistic simpleton childlike <laughs> explanation good guys bad guys well we're the good guys that means they must be evil they're the axis of evil and it's pretty much you know russia and china and china has some shit but it's laughable compared just to the u.s alone as far as military might um they they have a hell of a lot of manpower um, but, you know, manpower in, in modern warfare, we're not talking about fucking fighting the Mongol, the Mongol hordes here. Um, you know, it's, you could have masses of troops, but that's why God made machine guns and howitzers and all that stuff. You know, you can do mass killing of mass numbers of, of the soldiers. So that kind of negates that. And as far as the Navy, well, you know, comparatively speaking, you know, even compared to what Germany has or France, you know, by comparison, I'm saying um, their hardware, it's, it's a joke. It's a no contest. And it's certainly not there um, as far as Russia. And so what this comes down to is you have you have friends of rome i mean america and you have non-friends and the non-friends are the ones who won't take the knee that's become you know a pretty common phrase these days they want them to take the knee and russia won't take the knee and Ukraine, they're having this conflict, and they, it's besides the fact that they don't want to take the knee. 
this is a this is a different matter entirely. This is the thing with Ukraine, Russia, and, and all this shit going on. It is, it's, it's strange as it sounds, it's simultaneously simple, yet also complex. But that's not, that's not what this talk is about. Anyway, we have, just to establish this, we have the Friends of America... And that means that uh, because this is a double-edged sword, you see, because all these other countries that are our friends, you see, as long as certain things are taking place that also really do not negatively affect them, well, they don't care. I mean, they don't have to because the bombs are not dropping on them. All of the things that are happening as a consequence are very isolated, and it's not affecting them. Do you think Ireland really gives a shit of what's going on in Ukraine? Do you think Germany does? Well, Germany does, because now... They're supplying tanks. And this is what it means, again, in modern warfare. It's, it's nowhere near. And, and for that matter, I, I doubt, I seriously doubt, um, at least, say, in the remainder of my lifetime, um, because who knows the future, but I, I, what, what's known as a conventional war, I, I just can't see that happening um and for one very good reason um as a quick aside i will mention that uh the situation with the u.s armed forces as far as soldiers is concerned is critical because they're not uh getting the numbers of recruits and they're not getting the recruits because, and I, I think this is very good, that the, uh, the people's headspace, the young people's headspace, um, see this for what it is as a, as a huge con, and they're saying, the hell with you. We're not doing this. We're not getting maimed and dying and all of this over what amounts to be, um, this is a rich person's game. It's not our game. We have nothing to really gain from this. We have nothing to gain from being your cannon fodder. And I applaud them for that. If it's one, one of the very few things positive <laughs> you know we're, and we're not talking you know we're not talking lazy unmotivated uh hippie social justice warriors you don't have to be that to be put in that um that constraint that ideological constraint of you know not loving your country 
It's it's not that we're talking, you know, Midwesterners, just regular young people that are being intelligent and they're just saying, the hell with you. This is your game, man. It's not mine. So hats off to him for that. <laughs> okay. But anyway. So America runs a show. And then we decide that we are given, we openly said, yeah, here comes, here we come. Hand, hands on the white hat and we're coming into Ukraine. The sheriff's coming into town, coming into Ukraine. Yeah, we're going to give you, we told him. We told them Krauts over there, y'all send them some tanks now, you hear? And they're going to send, they're sending them, we're sending them tanks, and we're, we're supporting them, okay, to fight Russia. So by definition, this is what this means. That's called a proxy war. Now, the, here is the problem, the problem. Shit, this could be a, a, a talk all in itself. The problem with Putin. Putin has <laughs> Putin has several problems. One is his ego, I think. Um, because um his pride got hurt and he's he's trying to play in a game that they are ill equipped for. You know, they're they're just not there. And one very simple um, example of this is, see, at least up front and to get the mus munitions and the equipment and the logistics and all of this stuff that it requires up front requires a lot of money, a lot of money, and uh, Russia doesn't have it. Now... We're looking at Russia's GNP or basically of the last year or so it was counted. <clears throat> it was somewhere between one and a half and close one and a half to two trillion dollars. Somewhere in there. Okay. And the US was close to almost 22 trillion dollars now i don't think it takes a financial wizard to figure out who's got the dough and who doesn't on top of that as i already explained um america has all of its big strong buddies and um Russia doesn't. So, regardless if you tried to sort out this whole thing of good guy, bad guy, that's a separate issue just for the moment. I'm just saying that um, what Putin did when he did it, just on these facts alone, was really stupid. Because you... You have this, this, you have nothing to count on. And so then, of course, there's the only, you know, because of their ex 
so-called uh, of the old Soviet Union that passed that thing going back forever. And so then there's the link with China. But they have a very, a very tenuous link with China. China and Russia do not get along. And there's many reasons besides just political and ideological. They're, they're, they're not, you know, they're not tight with each other, not warm and fuzzy buddies at all. As a matter of fact, um, Russia has the very real concern about China invading them. So much like, strangely, ironically, like when uh, way back at the Second World War, when Britain was enduring the uh, the German the Blitz for for some time, they were alone. They were going it alone until, um, you know, uh, Churchill managed kicking and dragging pleading and begging to to drag the US into it until the financier the financiers looked around and Roosevelt says hey you know listen boss you know there's there's a shit boatload of money to be made here and the crooks and criminals they got to thinking and the rest is history but um Things are very different now, and for multiple reasons, um, it was just a dumb idea. And you commit to dumb ideas, and <clears throat> you know you you don't pick a fight with Mike Tyson, for instance, when you're Pee Wee Herman. You don't even pick a fight. With Mike Tyson and your Pee Wee Herman, and Tyson is thoroughly drunk, you still don't pick a fight with Mike Tyson. And that's that's what the equivalency is. But here is what I promised. The here is the irony that many people. Many Americans, although it is right in front of their face, um, they may not see this. So that's why I'm going to tell you. And it's been on the news several times. And I believe it was the American, some American ambassador. But whether it was Biden directly or the ambassador, it doesn't matter. Christ, if they sent you know, if they sent Harris, I'm sure if she could stop cackling for 30 seconds, she could even give out a half-winded ultimatum to China somehow. I mean, I think she could manage to get that together. I don't know. I don't put a lot of faith. But anyway, the irony of this was that they were telling, this is the news, and every time you hear this phrase, it makes me want to laugh. Because when something is so... It's the double standard and the hypocrisy is so blatant. I mean, this shit could, could be like a sitcom. Because 
remember, I just told you a few minutes ago, and it's, you know, that they're plastering all over the news how America and through America and we're sending this armaments and we're, we're supporting Ukraine openly. We're doing this. But then we have the audacity to tell China, <laughs> and it says, now, we don't want you giving any military, or they have another clever word. They come up, they always have to replace a word. See, when it, when it, when it psychologically fits, that's called lethal aid. <laughs> so, the weapons that, let me see if I got this straight. The weapons, or anything that, we're, that we and our, and our friends of Rome, anything that we're sending to Ukraine, that's defensive and humanitarian aid. As though it takes away from the fact that it's going to kill people. You know, regardless of Russians, but it's there to kill people. And they're making a bunch of money. <laughs> but, but then we want to turn to China and turn this around and wink our finger and shake our finger at them and saying, now, you don't, you don't send any lethal support to Russia, okay? Because you're being really bad. You're being, and we don't want that. So <laughs> they expect China to, to just crouch down and say, oh, yes, boss, whatever you say, uh, Fine. No, we were only kidding. Uh, we didn't really. We didn't really meant to. Uh, yes, please tell us what we can and cannot do. You, you fucking hypocritical <laughs> gargantuan thing. And that's all I'm trying to to say is to put this, you know, because <laughs> Mister. Mr. Fair and Balanced themselves, you ain't going to hear this shit on Fox News. And don't, you know, don't cut me the wrong way. I mean, this is not partisan. Don't, ain't meaning it that way. I'm just saying, when you sit back, if you try to be objective and you sit back and you watch this shit, and it's just, it's like Jerry Springer. It's hilarious. It's so stupid and transparent. It really is. Good guys, bad guys. These are the good guys. And, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, do you think, do you think by any, any rational definition of this that America has any right to tell China what it can and cannot do when it's turning around? And by the way, making this is all. They don't talk about this. They're not, we're not. It's not a love fest. We're not hugging, you know, it's not like they're making love with Zelensky or something. They're have to they're going to debt their country so we have our fangs into them because that's what we do. So this is costing them I don't know how many billions of dollars, you know. In other words, we're we've become like the paid muscle. So now we become like the mobsters where you pay the mob to go beat up these guys for you. But you better pay them their money, because if you don't, well, you know, when the debt comes due, then guess what? Under any pretext or whatever, it could be three years, it could be five years, but just as much as there was a love fest one day, three to five years later, we'll be sending in the tanks, this time our own, to kick ass on Ukraine. We'll come up with a pretext. It doesn't matter. We, 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 are, we are just the biggest whores on the planet. We don't care 
who really ultimately just forget all of the all of the uh, rational arguments I'm saying, or the heartfelt emotionalism of uh, Russians evil, and uh, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's about the money. Ultimately, it's about the money. So I'm saying, but it's the irony of we're going to have representatives or diplomats or who the hell ever it is that's going to be telling China who and what and where they can support. Now, here's the thing about this. If this kind of shit was going on in a vacuum, you know, many, many eons, miles away from anybody else and no history and no nothing, just, you know, just in a vacuum. Somehow, if this were the case, it would be one thing, but things aren't like that today at all. And you got to remember that the ones that are on top today... Um, when they're not on top, the reprisals are swift and brutal. And if you think, for instance, that, um, you know, just because we're the biggest bully on the block, so was Rome. And Rome didn't last forever. And... Um, at least as far as the western part of Rome, it fell when it declined. It was a pretty steep decline. And all those people that they had, say, agreements with, um, these various tribes, then they started to, things were in reverse, and they had to start, put this in reverse, instead of collecting taxes and taking their money they started to having to uh, give them gold as tribute to be left alone. And that's when Rome was really in trouble. And that worked for a while, but eventually these people that they had oppressed for, you know, some of them hundreds of years, they said to hell with this. We don't want the wrong, we want to, we want to trash you. And so, we're playing a very dangerous game here, and uh, it's a very short-sighted game. But the whole point of this is that I'm trying to point out just at least one small aspect of the hubris of the U.S. and its double standard and its hypocrisy. <laughs> you know, this this isn't some little squeak militarily or something i'm not saying it's nowhere near the u.s fine but still they do have some shit and you know it's not like we're we're not you know tussling around some banana republic or down in fucking i don't know like ecuador or someplace we could really trounce and pick on or going in and trouncing the philippines or something and it's like you know, the Chinese are intelligent. They're saying, yeah, okay, boss. Yeah, I'll listen to you right now because you're the boss, boss. And they'll just bide their time. And that's all they have to do. But I'm just saying, notice on the news, it's the arrogance 
this is what your leaders are doing, you know, and the six o'clock news may not bring this up to you, but I am because that's what I do. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care I'm out of here <laughs>